0: Today, we're actually going to practice a few things that we've learned uh, throughout the series on prayer. And the title of my message today is Practice Makes Permanent. Um, I think it's really important for us to consider that the value of practice cannot be overstated or overemphasized. As we talk about practice, Michael Jordan, Shaquille O'Neal... These greats, whatever great athlete you can think of, Michael Phelps, uh, swimmer in the Olympics, all the different people, no matter what, they, they, w- what they've achieved, what level, they continue to practice. And that's what's really something that struck me as I started to develop this um, message today is that no matter what level they achieved, they continued to work hard to get to a new level. Um, As we talk about prayer, I want you to understand it in those terms that really those world-renowned athletes, the best leaders um, professionally in whatever field or industry or academia or anything like that, all of those people are constantly practicing something in order to hone their craft and sharpen themselves. The one thing that those people have in common is practice. And I think that we ought to practice praying. I think that sometimes we um, become prayerless and we go through a dry spell, or look at me and listen, or everything's going good and we don't have anything to complain about, so we stop talking to God for a while. And then something bad creeps up and all of a sudden we're back on our knees. Here we are, God. We need you, we need you, we need you. And so the, the consistency of practice is what's going to really help you build that discipline of prayer. So the truth is prayer needs to be regularly practiced. Um, God's word declared by the Apostle Paul to the Thessalonians says this, In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, this simple phrase, pray without ceasing. The Greek word that the Apostle Paul used for what we translate as ceasing, it means this, without unnecessary gaps. When you look it up in a concordance and you start to look through lexicons and all the Bible study tools you can find... It says literally this word that we say ceasing or without stopping, it meant to them without any unnecessary gaps in space or in time. And so it's not to say that I can't have a conversation today with Sandra and it just be Sandra and I without me interrupting myself and being like, Sandra, hold on, I've got to pray. Jesus, right now, we're not talking about weird stuff, but what we're saying is living a life that includes prayer without unnecessary gaps. So here are three ways that you can make sure to regularly practice prayer. The first is this, don't let it hurt you or sting you today, okay? Start or develop The habit of a daily scheduled time to pray. If you haven't started it and you're a believer who's been around for, you know, if that's you, maybe you've fallen off the horse, off the wagon, and you need to make sure, you know what? This is my special time with God. In fact, I was on a... um, um, not a retreat. I almost said a retreat. It was not a retreat. I was at a retreat um, working this week um, for my wife's sixth grade class and it came around breakfast time and there was some confusion only in my head about what time breakfast was and I was there to cook all of the meals. And so I said to one of the parents, I said hey, can you go knock on my wife's door like and check on her? like Let's make sure she's awake. So she knocked on the door and then like creaked it open, and came back to me very quickly and said, your wife, the pastor's wife, is in there praying and reading her Bible. <laughs> and I was like, good job, baby! Now when's breakfast? No. So here's the idea. She, she has set aside time to pray. And she doesn't do that because she gets paid the big bucks as a pastor's wife. She does it because she loves Jesus and because she wants to be close to him. So We've got to make sure that we start, if we haven't already, you better start right now today and schedule time to pray. So that's the first way that you can practice prayer. Um, and the other thing is, develop that habit. If there are things that have changed in your daily schedule, uh, mine changed a few months ago. When it changed, then all of a sudden I had to change the time that I met with God. I had to make that effort. The second thing is this, begin praying spontaneously. So there have been some of you in the church uh, that have uh, sent me a text message and said, pastor, you know, I'm praying for you. That's awesome. There are some of you who've received a text message from me that said, Hey, I'm praying for you, for your family today, that kind of thing. When you have that thought on your drive to work and you say, you know what? I really I remember Jericho said something when we talked last Sunday about something she's going through. God, would you help Jericho today? I'm not saying send a text message every time. What I'm saying is be led by the Spirit to pray spontaneously. Uh, you don't have to be in a certain place you don't have to be the mood doesn't have to be just right and the lights just right and all those things you can pray wherever you are walking down the hall to the next class you can pray before you go into a meeting you can pray after a meeting most often that's when we need the prayer uh, you know that kind of thing when it comes to work you can pray anywhere at any time and so we've got to remember praying spontaneously is actually encouraged. And then the third thing is this, attend pray first. <laughs> you if you want the regular habit of practicing prayer, it's a wonderful thing to join with other people to pray. We've got several groups um, represented in our church that meet at different places, even a coffee shop here in town throughout the week. And one of the aspects of what they do together is share the needs of the people at the table and they ask one another for prayer. So the idea is to pray with other people. Don't just do this all by yourself. You need others. Can I get an amen? Amen. So I want to remind you of a few things that we've talked about throughout this sermon series, this prayer series. And then we're going to pray. And I've already bolted the doors so you can't leave early. And there's no kids to check out of Kids Church upstairs because they're in here too. I'm kidding. I would never do that. Bolt the doors. Okay. But I want to remind you of some things, and then I want you to actually, what we're going to do, is engage in prayer. You say, well, Pastor, um, I'm not that kind of person. You better not hand me a mic. I'm not going to hand you a mic. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to encourage you to actually pray today. To do something that maybe we don't do often enough. So here are a few reminders from our series. And we'll go through them pretty quickly. And <clears throat> and then we'll actually practice the, the art of praying or the discipline of praying. Number one is this. Prayer is a two-way conversation. I think it's really important. And I shared this in the series. I think it's really important that you do this specific thing. And that is leave room for listening. Yeah. That's hard for me. <laughs> I'm a talker. Uh, yeah, I'm, I, I just, I'm a talker. So it's hard for me to listen. And sometimes when I engage in conversation, that means I interrupt you a lot. Because that's just how my brain works. And I got to get it out and that kind of thing. One of the things that's awesome about Celebrate Recovery, they've got actually got like, Not Ten Commandments, but, you know, like their little go-to guide. And one of the things is don't interrupt. Like, just listen. You mean just listen? (laughs) Hey, we actually need to do that in prayer. We need to listen to what he's speaking. He may say to you, I want you to get more involved in church. He may say to you, I want you to be at Pray First. He may say to you, I want you to put the church in your will. I'm just kidding. He may say, I don't know what he's going to say to you. He may say very, very incredible things that can change your life, like give you direction, tell you the thing, the step that you need to take in order to help the relationship issue that you're facing. There's an amazing moment in God's presence when you're alone or together with others that when we are in prayer, God can speak. He doesn't have to write on it on a wall. He doesn't have to speak it audibly, but he can drop it into our hearts. And then we know, wow, God just spoke to me. So we don't think that's weird. There may be some people who think that it's weird that God still speaks, but we surely believe that he still does. So give, give room for him to speak to you. Um, the next thing to remember is that we always pray to the Father through the Son, empowered by the Holy Spirit. There is a formula for prayer that Jesus gives us, and there's many teachings throughout Scripture and many things that we could glean about prayer. And this is very important, that we pray to God the Father. The only way we can get to Him is because of Jesus, His Son, who the Bible says made a way for us. And when we don't even know what to say, the Holy Spirit can help. There have been moments like that in my life, even recently, where I just was at the end of my sentence and had nothing else. I didn't know to pray, but I also felt I wasn't done praying. And then the Holy Spirit began to pray through me. Empowered by the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, more than half of the church, the church globally, is missing out on the power of the Holy Spirit. He's, he's alive and he's here today and he wants to help you. He wants to even help you pray. <laughs> Another thing to remember is this. You should pray at all times, in all places, and in all circumstances. doesn't matter if you're in a jail. That's in the Bible. People were praying in a jail. It doesn't matter if you're in a foreign land. It doesn't matter if you're in an airplane, on a, on a train, in a car. It doesn't matter if you're in a cave. I took my family to a cave several years ago on vacation. And let me just tell you something. I was praying that God could hear through all the rocks because it was awfully dark in there. Here's the thing. Pray in all places, at all times, in all circumstances. There is no place that's off limits to God. Amen? So Philippians chapter 4 verse 6 and 7 says this. Don't be anxious for anything anything about anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to God and the peace of God I love this which just blows your mind it's it's unbelievable literally the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus So in all things, every situation, all places, we should pray. Another thing is that everyone should pray. In Pray First this morning, Miss Ann shared something that uh, just caught my ear. And uh, she said, you're never too old to pray. You're never too young to pray. Do you think that God hears the prayer of children? I better get a loud amen from this group including the kids, I believe that God hears our prayer. She said, you can't be too strong to pray, and you can't be too weak to pray. God literally wants everyone who loves him and wants a relationship with him, wants them to speak to him, amen? And here's the thing, the more spiritually mature you are, the more you'll acknowledge the necessity of prayer it really is true. And I think that the lack of prayer in our lives um, shows up in different places. But one of the places it shows up is actually in our human relationships. We should pray privately and publicly. Um, you say, Pastor, I'm an introvert. I do not want to pray. I'm not asking you to pray Publicly on the stage today, holding the microphone, leading us in prayer. But I am telling you, the biblical point is that we should pray regularly in private. And if ever given the opportunity, the Bible has hundreds of examples of praying publicly. But here's the thing about praying publicly. Don't be a Pharisee. Y'all are familiar with the text and familiar with the idea. Jesus is there and he's talking to those who are listening to him. And he says, Don't be that guy <laughs> who's like, Oh, I thank you, God, that I'm not like Eric. <laughs> Don't be that guy, okay? Not only is Eric's feelings hurt, God doesn't want to listen to your prayers when they're filled with hypocrisy and pride. Okay, I'm reminding you of these things because repetition is a good teacher. Prayer should be our steering wheel, not a spare tire. That quote from Corey Ten Boom um, is just awesome. It should be the thing that steers our life and not the spare tire we put on when we actually just need it. Here's another thing, and this I've got several comments on uh, when I preach this um, during the prayer series. You are to pray audibly. You say, well, pastor, I wasn't raised like that. I don't care. (laughs) Y'all know I have Southern roots, but I lived in the Northeast for quite some time. So if you ever get that little tiny sense of, wow, that was kind of a little bit rude, pastor. Here's the thing. The Bible literally doesn't have a single instance Or instruction regarding silent prayer. So I don't care how you were raised. I want you to understand. God wants you to pray audibly. Now I did not say loudly. But there's something about it physiologically, there is something about using your mouth and speaking the words and your ears hearing it and God being part of that equation that when you do that, your faith gets built, your heart gets encouraged, you gain perspective about things that you couldn't figure out. There's something incredible about that. You say, well pastor, I can't always pray audibly. What are you talking about? I mean, like what if I'm in a group and there's no believers there and I'm about to eat my lunch then pray quietly but still pray. The Bible says that we are to pray audibly. In fact, the power of life and death are in your tongue. We should always include a couple things in our prayer, and they are thanksgiving, confession, and repentance. Father, forgive me of my sins. I confess them to you today. You say, Pastor, don't you confess your sins all the time? Well, sometimes we forget, don't we? So we should do this as a regular aspect. And she wasn't doing it in a way of like, Lord, I confess my sin of lying to my husband and, you know, praying publicly like that. But it was just that idea that, like, I wasn't raised to hear things like that. I was raised to know how to pray, but not necessarily any emphasis on confessing my sins when I go to God. But guess what? Before he helps you, fi- mm. before he helps you fill your purse or fix your marriage or do the thing you need him to do at your job, he wants you to confess your need for him and how broken you are. That's how good he is. He wants you to confess, to be thankful, and to repent from those things. The things that continue to weigh you down, like those things that Miss Jessica talked about, those habits, hurts, hang-ups, the thing we keep going back to instead of God. Confess it to the Lord and get free. Get freedom from those things. So, it's also okay to complain to God. As far as I can tell, and I've, I've read the Bible several times, as far as I can tell, It's not okay to complain to other people. There's literally nowhere in the Bible that says it's okay to complain to your husband. It's okay to complain to your coworker. It's okay to complain. It actually just tells you a lot of bad stuff that happens when we complain person to person. So we should probably cut that out. But here's the thing. It's okay to show emotion in your prayer. If you're angry at God, he's not bothered by the fact that you're angry. If you're disappointed that he didn't answer the way you wished he would have, it's okay to express those things to God. It's okay for him to hear those things because here's what here's what's so powerful. God created you as an emotional being to demonstrate and to express love, fear, anger, all these different emotions that we have, and he doesn't want you to shut those things off when you get to church. That's right. He doesn't want you to shut those things off when you go to your knees in prayer, by your couch or your bedside in your home. He, he wants to hear how you're doing. You know, this did not go the way I wanted it to. And I really don't know what step to take. And I'm really frustrated it hasn't turned out the way that I thought it should. Where are you? Um, that's right. yeah. You say... Pastor, don't let lightning strike you on the stage today. Have you read the book of Psalms? (laughs) There there are prayers of lament and anguish and despair. God's not scared of those things. He wants to help you through those things. I'm, I'm so thankful that we can go to God in prayer. Here's another thing that we've got to do. We've got to pray according to God's will. If you ever want to get an answer to a prayer, you better start at this base one. This is first base right here. Pray according to God's will, not your own. And we talked about this with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane when he prayed his physical flesh with his mouth out loud to the Father and said, if there's anything else you can do, but nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. So submitting our lives and submitting ourselves to God's will in prayer is important. And the next thing we've got to do is I hope that some of you caught this several weeks ago. You need to develop a biblically intelligent view of God's sovereignty. Well, we can't really actually know how to pray according to his will if we're not really, I hate to say it like that, biblically intelligent, but biblically literate of what God's sovereignty really means. That God gave you a free will, but His will sometimes is in opposition to your will. So we need to understand this about God, that He is sovereign. A couple more things. Uh, we talked about the answers to prayer. They are yes, no, and wait. And all those variables that can come along with it. Okay? So sometimes we we say, Well, I've not gotten an answer to that prayer. Here's the thing: you probably did. And it was the word, wait. It was the word, you don't know what I'm doing right now, but I'm working it all for your good. So we have to have this understanding in ourselves. Um, The only biblical reason that God ever refuses to hear prayer, listen to me, is unconfessed, unacknowledged, unrepentant sin. He has no right or obligation to hear you out if you have known sin but you're trying to pray for this other thing over here and you're not willing to deal with this thing in here god has no he has no responsibility to do anything in those situations the benefits of prayer are abundant psychologists have studied it although prayer is difficult to study in the world of science because you things of faith and science sometimes are they seem like they're at odds but even psychologists have said Prayer literally can change the synapses that happen in your brain. The way that you think can be altered by praying to the God who loves you. That's amazing. It can give you perspective. It can give you peace. And here's the other thing. Even if I don't get what I want, you know what I did get when I prayed? Here's what I got closer to God. Every time I talk, to a friend of mine, I get closer to them. Every text conversation, every chat on the phone, every time you get to hang out with a buddy or with a friend, whatever the case is, every time you're building a connection and a relationship. Closeness to God is one of the primary benefits of prayer. It's not necessarily that we're trying to sit there and do magic and rub a genie's lamp. It's actually meant for you to get closer to God. And his word gives us this promise that says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. Yeah. He, he has time for you, he will not turn you away. He wants you close. In fact, closer to him is better than closer to anything else. Amen? We can't forget this prayerlessness is sin. Pastor, it's been a while since I prayed. Well, thank you for confessing your sin, but tell God that and then start on a different path. Amen. So if you say, okay, well, it's been a couple days, then jump back on the train and say, God, I'm so sorry. I've been distant the last couple days. I've been busy. This project at work, you know, all all about this stuff. God, I'm back and I, I just need to spend some time with you. Confessing our prayerlessness is a very good start or jumping off point. Submit yourself to God in prayer and never forget to believe this. Kids, look up at me and listen. Believe this, that all things are possible with God. All things, everything you can imagine is possible with God.